Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, doing well. Nice. We're here. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever's out. Life is good. Yep. I, and I dug it, so. Yeah, it was not a complete disaster, so. No, no. And it's a powerful lady movie. It is. Like, unflinchingly powerful and it has a great indigenous voice to it with namor and his people and everything like which i know will piss a lot of people off they're like namor is white oh but uh i i think that they did quite a good job of that whole thing Mm -hmm. um it's a little unfair to put an avatar trailer before black panther but um (laughs) that's a whole different story yeah i'm not ready for um the new Avatar movie. I heard it's like over three hours long. And I'm like, please mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. And but at course... the same time, at the same time, though, it's like name a bad James Cameron movie. I will say the first Avatar was not that fun. <laughs> I love it was one of the coolest in theater experiences I've ever had with 3D, though. It was, mm. it was. I've never I've never experienced the same thing again. And I think it's why 3D has disappointed me ever since. Is what? because you never felt like as into it as in that movie. Well, I think even with 3D, like that was the big thing that the theaters hung their hats on. Like, oh yeah, everyone's gonna be in here to watch things in 3D because you can't watch that at home. And then people were like, resoundingly like, eh, like I don't need to see a movie in 3D. Um, mm-hmm. But I think now movie theaters are more like, hey, reserve your seats. We just try to make this as easy of an experience for you, which is probably what they should have done in the beginning, but. We need an avatar in VR. That's what we need. And then you can just actually be in it. And that would be really fucking cool. But how can you have a date night in VR? That just seems very awkward. <laughs> like ignoring mm. your date the whole time. <laughs> just like, eh, I'm I guess in, that's true. I'm, in, I'm a Navi now, so I'm just not going to talk to you. <laughs> you, can, you can get the, the headsets that have AR technology too. So you can still uh. turn to your partner and see them. But they're also just like awkwardly sitting like you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of like uh, in uh, the movie Wally when everyone's like all hooked up to the headsets. That's what I'm just thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go watch Wakanda Forever. It's it's good. It is very good. And actually, mm-hmm. I thought there was some very good moral stuff, morality stuff in that too. Absolutely. It like, it's like, oh. You know, no spoilers, but there's a certain character that's got to choose who they want to be and, like, what kind yep. of path they want to take. And I was like, you were taking some interesting paths with this, and I was very surprised they did that. So Absolutely. And the style of this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. The sure. style is incredible. There's one scene with uh, Shuri and Okoye at MIT where they're just leaning against their car, and I'm like, this, this shot just drips. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. 
much better than the first Black Panther, I argue. But yeah, I would say it's I would say it's better than the first one. Yeah, the first one, I mean, gets lost in that the the origin tropes, and that's why I was worried about this one. It's like okay, you got to reestablish origin now. Yeah, because who you hung the mantle on is no longer here. So yeah, but they managed to do a good job of skirting all of those cliches and and the things that we've already seen in in origin films and make mm-hmm. it something all in its own and like i said at the head of it it's and it's not being marketed as such but it is a powerful woman movie it is yeah they're not there's a lot of things in this movie but yeah that's definitely part of it i mean angela bassett man holy fuck i always say that uh, viola davis is kind of like the queen of the mountain but uh, no no it's angela bassett she's never given up that mantle yeah i mean i was not too hot on that woman king movie uh, okay, yeah. I didn't see it yet, so I, I don't have anything to say about it. That was your big what, Viola Davis movie, and I was like, eh. <laughs> now Widows. Widows Widow still is, is and always will be. Yeah. Okay, well, we're not here to talk about Black Panther forever. I mean, <laughs> we probably just a little could. bit. We could. I literally just talked about that movie for like almost a good solid hour to, this morning, so I mean, it is possible. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're here to talk about Pumpkinhead. Uh, I don't think you can draw any through line between Wakanda Forever and Pumpkinhead. No, no, I don't think so. Except for maybe Revenge. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Um, but after a tragic accident, a man conjures up a towering vengeful demon called Pumpkinhead to destroy a group of unsuspecting teenagers. Um. Yeah. I'm so glad they had the one line in the movie talking about how Pumpkinhead got his name too, because otherwise, I, uh, wh- why are we even calling him Pumpkinhead? His head, yeah. I guess, kind of looks pumpkin-esque in some lights, but that's uh, the pumpkin patch. Yeah, that no, he he, he, he's born from the pumpkin patch, so that's why yeah. he is Pumpkinhead. I and then he gets buried right back in it. Is mm. Pumpkinhead the father of the Pumpkinhead kid from Trick or Treat? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, crossover. I just want like a rom com where it's Pumpkinhead and some random girl from a club or something. <laughs> and they hook up and make the little pumpkin baby from <laughs> It's it's so uh, it's Haggis. That's who it is. There you go. There you go. The old witch lady. Um but uh yeah, what was the first time we watched Pumpkinhead? Uh, for the podcast, I had not heard about it at all beforehand. Nice. Yeah, it was for me. It was years ago. It was yeah, some point in the '90s when I was going through all these movies, and uh, I don't. I think I've only watched the direct sequel. I don't think I've watched anything else beyond it because I know there was a terrible one in the mid 2000s. But um, yeah, I mean, looking at it now, I'm like. Oh shit! It's Stan Winston. Like he directed it. Yeah. Like it, that's like that's a, it's a big deal. And I mean, a hero of uh, of this podcast. I, I I would definitely say. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've uh, I don't, I definitely when I when I originally saw it, I didn't appreciate it as much as I did this time. Yeah. Uh. Definitely. Uh, I I think the movie still holds up pretty well. I do think it uh, it surprisingly feels very long, despite being a, a relatively short movie. 
An hour 26. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but it just feels very long in spots. Like, it just feels like certain scenes just drag on too long and stuff like that. But I was thinking about it. I was looking at the runtime. Like, this is not a long movie, but there was just spots in this movie where it just felt like it was a little too, too long of a tooth. But, I mean, it's hard to argue with such effective scenes like when the kid gets hit by the motorbike. You're like, what are you doing? Stop. Don't chase that dog. And then uh, it's always the dogs. That's the problem. Right. Uh, first time I watched this, it would have been like Steve in the 90s sometime. Like, uh, I can't quite pinpoint an exact time on it, but, you know, it was like the video rental era. You'd go in and, like, see mm-hmm. cool little covers for movies and stuff, and you were like, I kind of want to check this one out. And I remember I saw the cover for Pumpkinhead, and I was like, this movie rules. It has to rule. How could it not? Right. Because um, I think, like, it was... Yeah, like a picture of Pumpkinhead, like, uh, against the moon. Or it was a drawing. It wasn't even really a picture. But you were just like, whoa. You didn't know what was going on. You didn't know anything about the kid dying or anything like that. But you just saw some gnarly-ass Pumpkinhead-looking creature. And you are like, alright, I'm in. Um, and, yeah, probably was far too young to be watching it. But that's part of the fun. <laughs> hey, for for a horror movie, I found a lot of the kills kind of underwhelming for this one. So maybe not too bad for kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's just a lot of pumpkin and just throwing people around or just like throttling <laughs> them, like holding them up in the air. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like it's just it's a lot of that. Like, where is the scene where he stuffs a body into a pumpkin or something? Like Ooh. nothing. Nothing. Could have could have been. Um, all right. Uh, we got a couple emails here. Jeremy says, love the creature designs and Lance Henriksen rules. Surprised he has never had a, le- never was a lead in more movies. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, I think he does very well as like a side character, but I don't know. what else has he really been in? All I really know of him is aliens and this. Uh, near dark. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, well, yeah. Lance Lance has a lot. He has a he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of good stuff in in his uh his repertoire. Um, hard target. He's the villain in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick and the dead. I mean, he um, did return to play Bishop in Alien versus Predator. Yeah, he did. He did. He's like the the millionaire that picks him up. Uh, if you're a video game player, he is a prominent piece of a video game called The Quarry, which is a very cool fucking game. Oh right. Yeah, he's a main point in that. Um, yeah, I mean, the night the eighties and the nineties were kind of like his heyday. Yeah, hundred percent. Get a lot of cool shit. Um, in that in that kind of time period. Um. I mean, I think, he was in the original Terminator. Yeah. I think he does um, very well as, like, a side character. Like... Yes. He he plays, like, a villain or, like, a smug kind of person very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what uh, makes his turn in, ter- in uh, Aliens, sorry, so great. Because you think he's going to be, like, some smug asshole or he's not going to be a good guy, but he ends up working out in the end, so... He, uh, I I will also I have if if we're bringing up Lance Henriksen and appreciation for Lance Henriksen, I, uh, he 
Um, there was a, a sort of spinoff series of uh, the X-Files called Millennium, and he was the lead of that show. He played Frank Black for, like... Okay. It's got to be, like, three or four seasons of Millennium. That was a really cool show. I wonder how this movie did, uh, like, in terms of box office. Because I can't... Because I kind of imagine that it wouldn't have done that well. Because otherwise we would have seen a lot more events hadn't accepted like big movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like his character was one of the best ones from this movie too. Um, just the way that he was played. And the other the other people were kind of like, I guess, generic young adults for the most part. Other than the crazy asshole who hits the kid and then tries to run away from it. But... Um, and it kind of sucked that none of their none of their deaths really felt like they had a super amount of weight to them. Even when that guy dies, the asshole, you're kind of it, it kind of just happens, and then everything kind of mo- keeps moving on from yeah. that. Yeah. Um, whereas everything that happens with Lance Lance Henriksen's character, I think his name is Ed. Is that right? Yeah, Ed Harley. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, he's just trying to first. He's just trying to bring his son back, like like father on the brink of oh my god what the fuck is going on i just need my son back at any cost like very almost pet cemetery kind of yeah and then afterwards he's like what have i done i need to fix this i need to kill that motherfucker and then he just goes and tries to get shit done and i i really liked his his character arc kind of throughout this movie Mm -hmm. um and just the kind of the way that he plays the more he's a little stoic you know he's a little you can tell he's a little moody um and obviously he's already had some not direct interaction with Pumpkinhead, but he was the kid in the the first part of the opening of the movie who's like experiencing kind of the other end of things where he's the one in the house who's they're not opening the door for the guy who's running from Pumpkinhead. And mm. honestly, I I like the lore of in this one and in the the movie we're talking about next, Wishmaster. I like the the lore of the the big bad villains where mm. Pumpkinhead is. You know, if you're the one who summons Pumpkinhead, you become the next Pumpkinhead, basically. Because yeah. he's the one getting buried at the end of the movie in Pumpkinhead's grave. So, yeah. I thought that was really cool, too. Well, there's something to be said for, like, Pumpkinhead did spawn, like, sequels. There, there's been talks of a reboot. Um, comic books. There's even a video game. I didn't realize this until I was looking it up, but apparently there was a video game published in 1995 based on Pumpkinhead called Bloodwing mm. Bloodwings Pumpkinhead's Revenge. And it looks like a dude ripoff. Yeah. So yeah, there is something to be said for like the lore of this movie. I think uh they didn't quite nail the execution in terms of like the various things, but like it's kinda of surprising that like they, they were trying to turn this into like a Friday the thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street where there was, you know, a string of movies and other stuff, but yeah, I just think for whatever reason it didn't quite land with audiences then and because of that it never really did much i mean i i think don't think it helps that the sequels never quite did well but because mm. the sequels were were also a bit of a crap shoot the second one's probably the best one out of all the, the sequels but the third and fourth one are just ugh. yeah i didn't watch the sequels but does lance henriksen come back as Pumpkinhead no. then no oh no. Okay, well, well, I'm disappointed then. <laughs> they set it all up at the end of the movie so that he could come back as the next pumpkin head. But I mean, I guess it's just a creature in an yeah. effects suit, so you don't really need that actor back. But disappointing yeah. still. Speaking of, uh, we do have another question from Eric. He says, do you re- recommend any of the sequels? 
Uh, no, mm. not really. No. <laughs> not even the second no. one, which I would argue is probably the best. It's still probably not worth checking out, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, we still haven't figured out what's going on with the reboot though, or remake. Um, they did announce in 2021 they were going to announce a director soon, and they never did. They're like, news of a, a, a director is coming soon, and it never did. So, I don't know. Maybe they just realized nobody cares about Pumpkinhead? Aw, poor Pumpkinhead. <laughs> Can't get any love. They could, in a remake, easily kind of focus in on, like, the, yeah, like the cyclical nature of whoever summons Pumpkinhead, like, becomes Pumpkinhead. They mm-hmm. lean into that more. Why not? yeah make it It cool one of the coolest parts of the movie at the end where i was like oh she's gonna bury him now yeah and then what you do is you have like the avengers endgame of of uh pumpkin heads where you just have all these people (laughs) back as pumpkin even bring back lance henriksen's pumpkin head somehow oh that'd be great yeah okay best line in this movie Boy. Um, I I liked the pumpkin head rhyme, the keep away from pumpkin head unless you're tired of living. His enemies are mostly dead. He's mean and unforgiving. Yeah, I like I like that. That was fun. Um, yeah. and then there was the line later on where um, Ed is yelling at the haggis witch lady, and he says, "God damn you!" And mm-hmm. she says, mm-hmm. "He already has son." That that's, was that's what I put down. Yeah, that one was great. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, also, you're a fool, Ed Hardy. Ed Hardy. Mm. Yeah. Ed Hardy. That would have been a good nickname. Ed Hardy. You're a fool, Ed Hardy. <laughs> both of you. Harley yeah. and Hardy. You're both you're both fools. I don't know. Stop where embroidering else. jeans, you fucking jerk. I we don't this. want them bejeweled. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where else to mention this, but this also it did feel a little weird that they were kinda of, I don't know where this movie is supposed to be set in, but they could definitely try to be like it like I think they kind of imply it's in the south, but it's definitely like California somewhere. And they were just like, yeah, it's a real, like, redneck way to be. And I'm like, man, this is California. I'm sure there's, like, a fucking, you know, P.F. Chang's just around the, the, the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it it does feel very rural gothic, though, the whole the whole thing. Yeah. It's just there... a little weird. Like, I felt like there was just a bit of a disconnect there. I was just like, oh, like, I get it. You're trying to go for, like, this is, this is the kind of, like, the southern area. But, yeah, just felt a little too clean cut for me but yeah it was filmed in topanga canyon so yeah is in california yeah i had read a description a brief description of this movie before i started watching too where the the kids on with the dirt bikes were alluded to as uh big city bikers and when (laughs) i got when i got into this movie i expected them to come across like a biker gang and then that's how the kid dies but really it's just like kids from suburbia who bring their dirt bikes out into the country and so that kind of that kind of dan- well, just not what I was expecting, I guess, of the the big city bikers. <laughs> oh, and one of them happens to be an ex-con. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's like who's never going run back. someone or so. Oh, yeah, like that. That was I wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> well, Joel's the worst character. Oh, Joel, yeah. Joel, like what, you know, spoiler alert. When it comes to worst decisions, there's basically anything Joel does. Yeah. Yeah. And like he randomly has a moment of goodness when he's like, "Never mind, I'm not. I'm gonna turn myself in or help or whatever." And I'm just like, "Whatever, buddy. Nobody cares anymore." Yeah, no, yeah, it's so done. You 
bashed what Brad in the head with the with the log for no reason. Like, okay. Right? Yeah. Like, at, at this point, I wouldn't be threatening to bring his balls back in a backpack. I would be like, I need to not be around this psycho ever again in my life. He is right? insane. Yeah. Um, okay. Best performance. I mean, it's got to be Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, Lance, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's easy. He's, he's, or the dog, um, because I, I always want to say the dogs every time there's a dog in a movie. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. That dog just pisses me off because it's just like, oh, motorbikes, I'm going to run right into a motorbike. Like, what kind of stupid <laughs> dog are you? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I know the plot hinders on that, but uh, the whole time I'm just like, this dog is just terrible. Uh, okay. Best kill. It was a loot. There's not a whole lot of great no which which one is is it tracy or maggie that gets kind of pushed against the 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 kitchen window and then put through it oh yeah they kind of Uh, squish her Pumpkinhead kind of squishes her against it and then pushes her through it it's the one with the most blood to be honest mm -hmm. because the aftermath just has there's blood everywhere i I kind of i think it's tracy I kind of liked the shot of the girl dangling from the tree too, with Pumpkinhead like gripping her. Is that um, the one that hits the rock? She yeah. falls directly to the rock. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that part I didn't enjoy so much. But when she was dangling up there, I was like, "What the fuck is he gonna do to her in the tree?" And then he just drops her, and I was like, "Oh, okay." See, that's never, the, never mind. <laughs> that's the thing about this movie is is mostly just like Pumpkinhead's gonna throttle you a bit and then throw you through the air and then pick you up and then throw you through the air and then pick you up and throw you through the air and then he's going to dangle you up here and throw you through the air and I'm like yeah. like you're a one trick pony kinda yeah I guess that's all he's got is otherworldly muscles like Wishmaster has it all over him oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it's hard to choose best best kill for Wishmaster because it's there's gonna be insane. Yeah, my there's list so my list is so long good ones. that was really what saved Wishmaster for me was the the, the, the craziest fucking kills like because it's there's some crazy ass shit in that movie i mean we're getting all a little bit ahead of ourselves but like, yeah <laughs> when the skeleton just starts walking out of the body i'm like oh this movie yeah. <laughs> that's <what laughs> and that's how it starts and yeah i'm like this movie fucking is awful but and I then love the it. snake person <laughs> yeah like, what is going on in this movie Oh, I wish I wish Pumpkinhead, especially because this is like a revenge movie almost, right? Like, I wish it just eked it up a notch for the kills and for, like, that would have... I think probably that's why it feels like it drags in some areas, too, just because yeah. you're just sitting there watching him chase people and you already know it's not going to be that interesting when he gets to them. He's yeah. just going to, like, yeah. I, I think there's a whole little montage sequence of, like, someone gets chucked against the wall and then you see Pumpkinhead's head, like whip to the right and then someone gets chucked again and then you see his head like whip the other direction and then that's the amount of action that you get from that basically i will say like pumpkin head 2 is not a good movie but it does at least have more variety in kills like people are clawed in the head there's people stomped to death there's people impaled on things like it's a slightly i'm not gonna say it's like on a level of like friday the 13th or nightmare on elm street in terms of like cool kills but like it's at least more impressive than yeah, most of the people getting killed in this movie just by being lifted off the ground. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that exciting. Do you know the Friday the 13th connection with this movie, Kurt? Oh, no. Now I feel bad for not realizing it. You're gonna tell <laughs> me. The, the cabin uh-huh. that they go to is the same cabin as the Jarvis's in Final Chapter. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Uh, I will say for me, best kill has to be Joel, who didn't get shot <laughs> with a shotgun. He got impaled with a shotgun. Yeah, that, mm. and it's so silly <laughs> how it happens, yeah. too. Yeah. Then he just gets lifted up, and he's going... <laughs> I mean, in the grand pantheon of kills, it's not that impressive, but for this movie, it's probably the one that I was like, oh, okay. I was even at the end, I'm like, I had to go back and rewatch that scene, because I'm like, is it really that... Is that the one I'm going with? Because... I couldn't think of what else. At first, I had the kid because I thought that was kind of whatever. But then the kid's death is like rewatching. I'm like, it's actually kind of tame. Like, there's not much shown. And even then, like, I I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me. But I'm like, I don't think the kid would have died from that. Like, he just got clipped by the bike, and then he's he's like dead. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I get it. He probably would have been injured, but like killed by getting clipped by a motorcycle. Yeah. Can you imagine if they made the kid's death more gruesome than everyone else's death in this movie? That That would have been been awesome. That would have been awesome. Yeah. It actually would have made uh, Ed's decisions, like, way more impactful. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, as is, it's just, like, the kid gets clipped by the bike, falls to the ground. They're like, oh, my gosh, he's dead. It just seems so, I don't know, just false, theatrical. It's... Well, the one that makes me laugh is uh, when Steve gets back to the cabin or whatever. He's like, I talked to him. I said it was an accident. I think it's fine. And he's like, well, what did he say? He's like, he looked back like he wanted to kill me, but I think we're good. Yeah. It's like, what? Uh, it's like, yeah, he wanted to kill me, but we're okay. We're bros. We're, we're fine. The, the kid wasn't moving on the ground, and he was cold when we touched him, but he's going to be fine. Don't worry about it, guys. Also, did we see where... Did, does the dog ever come back? Or does the dog just leave? I think the dog just leaves. Okay, he's like, fuck this shit. I don't want to be a part yeah, of this anymore. Dog's like, I don't want this pinned on me. I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> everyone blames the dog. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was decision. I think we talked about this, but yeah, it's pretty much anything Joel does. Yep. Yeah. Joel's I hate a, Joel. Joel's just a walking bad decision. Just all over the place. <laughs> I also made a note, like, when the kid is running out towards the, the the dirt bikes, that only that one character tries to stop him, and then everyone else is like, he came out of nowhere, even though he literally ran, the dog, first the dog runs by you barking, and then the kid runs by you cha- screaming after the dog, and he you're saying he came out of nowhere, like, he was literally making his presence very known, and only one character goes out and tries to stop him. And then she trips, and that's when everyone else suddenly notices what's going on. So, I have doubts about that, but, you know, that's the catalyst of the movie, so I can't say too much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's time to rate this movie. What's everyone think for a score? I'm going to go mm-hmm. 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. It's, it's an entertaining movie. It's, it's, got, it's got its issues... Um, obviously, um, but the creature effects are really cool. Uh, I, I really dug, dig the haggis stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Lance Henriksen is kind of a, a genre master in his own way. Mm-hmm. I really also love Possessed Ed, mm-hmm. where where you see the connection between him and and, and, and Pumpkinhead. I think that's interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I there's something you gotta love about a rural gothic, you know. It's just something yeah. about it. I mean, yeah, like Kurt says, it tries to be southern. It's not quite southern, but you know what it's playing at. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if you were to like try to get like southern clothing from like Abercrombie and Fitch. It's probably like the best <laughs> way to describe this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm gonna go with a seven for this. I really did like the the plot elements. Um, yeah, the kills were a little lackluster, and I'm a little disappointed in that. Um, but you know, the story was there. The the Lance Henriksen was there for the most part. Um, even though I didn't necessarily care for the all of the, I don't know, they're not teenagers. They're like young adults, I guess. But I didn't necessarily care for all of their characters. They were kind of a little bland in some aspects. But uh, overall, is is solid. Um, and it tells a cool story. And especially right at the end, where you're like, oh, the pumpkin master is going to be Ed now. Like I, I really liked that little reveal too. That kind of brought it back for me. So, yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the seven. Nice. I'll go with a seven as well. I think uh, I've made most of my like points known at least. Like I, uh, uh, the creature design is cool. Um, I think like the visuals of this movie are, are fantastic. I gotta do gripe a little bit that like their version of Southern is like a little too sun sun bleached for me. But um, yeah, it's still still a good movie. I, yeah, seven seems about right for me. Um, I don't know if I would go a bit more beyond that just because at least in my mind, the movie does kind of lack a little bit of oomph in terms of like where things get end or left off. It could have used a bit more variety in the kill department and stuff like that, but still, still, still worth watching if you haven't seen it before. So cool. All right. Well, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, you can also find my website stevestebbing.ca, and I'm on the Shift every week with Shane Hewitt, uh, 11 p.m. Pacific, and that's uh, across Canada, just Chorus Radio Network. Nice. And Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Um, Instagram and Twitch. My username is Technonomicon. Um, I upload scores for the movies we cover on the podcast on Letterboxd under the username Circeanic, and I have a blog where one day I will post about other cool things that I'm doing, um, circeanic.home.blog. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm over at threeingreennerds.com where you can hear my nearly hour-long review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Short of it is, I loved it, and I liked it much more than the first movie, so... There is that. Uh, and then also, too, you can find me over at uh, CKNW, Newstock 980. I'm on there occasionally, same with 630 Ched. And, uh, yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about the big news that dropped this past week. We can talk about it in the next episode. But, yeah, there you go. Tease for next episode. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Bye for now, everybody. Uh. Where's the end episode button? There it is.